Lays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. Hello and welcome back to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks Team Coverage Podcast, formerly known as Hoopball Hawks, where we cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm recording this on Monday, January 24th, the night after the Hawks went up to the Queen City, continued their winning streak while ending the Charlotte Hornets winning streak on a great team defensive performance, holding one of the best offensive teams in the NBA to under 100 points and holding one of the most aggressive three-point shooting teams in the NBA to four of 36 from the field for a whopping 11%. So we're going to talk the Hawks performance up in the Queen City, the schedule ahead leading into the All-Star break. But first, this plug. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation, and all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm going to plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus. 100%. Just like an A-plus in school. Hopefully you got them, but if not, this your chance to get 100%. You like playing blackjack? There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much that you can do on my bookie, and the best thing is, is that no cash is required to enter, and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some in the words of future like i said earlier free band free band all right and we are back if you got caught up watching football last night i don't blame you but for those of you like me who were splitting screen time watching the hawks game and the chiefs bills game which came down to a fantastic finish with Mahomes being clutch and the team that i picked to win a Super Bowl, I picked him last year when they lost to the Bucks to win a Super Bowl this year. And with the addition of the offensive lineman that the Chiefs got, I was like, that team's going back to the Super Bowl next year. They're in prime position, but they got to go against my boys from LSU, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. So it's going to be a fun one next week. But to talk about basketball, the Hawks, Had a game last night, and if you missed it, you missed a really fun one to watch if you love defense. The Hawks played 
fantastic defense on, again, as I said at the top of the program, one of the best offensive teams in the NBA. They held the Hornets to 39% shooting from the floor. And as I said before, 11% from three-point range. On the flip side, the Hawks shot 45.5% from the field, 38.5% from three, shot 75% from the free throw line, got out rebounded up in the Queen City, but without Capella, that's bound to happen. People do need to step up in the rebounding department. That's something I have noticed the last few games with Capella's absence, especially with him being available. But the thing I've liked, they've been sharing the ball, 25 team assists last night, playing tough on the defensive end. They had 12 steals yesterday for the Hawks. I have to look at the numbers. It has to be one of the highest steal totals of the season for them. Six blocks. They forced 16 Hornets turnovers while they only committed 10 turnovers were a problem the game prior for the Hawks, but they've definitely cut down the number of turnovers in last night's game. Fast break. Hornets are one of the best fast break teams in the NBA. They got theirs, but the big thing was limiting their three-point shooting as a team, and that's a tribute to team defense, and they played effortlessly on the defensive end. I cannot applaud them enough for the effort last night, keeping that team in check. Like I said, because that Hornets team, 26 and 21. Right now, I want to say they're seventh in the Eastern Conference in the standings, and I would definitely fact check that as I obviously am recording. But this is a very, really good team right now. They were playing very well. They won three straight. It would have been four straight if they would have beat the Hawks, but the Hawks in turn beat them to win their fourth straight game. And as I look at the standings, they're seventh in the Eastern Conference right now. Miles Bridges didn't have the 30-point performances that he had the last couple of games against the Hawks, maybe because DeAndre Hunter was here. He did still score 19 points, added six rebounds and a block. LaMelo Ball. Still did LaMelo ball things, but was not uber efficient from the floor. 6-17 shooting for ball, 0-8 from three. Made all seven of his free throws, at 19 points. Six rebounds, four assists, and a block. Scary Terry was kept in check with seven points. Added seven assists, three steals, five rebounds, but was not a scoring threat at all. Gordon Hayward was not available for the Hornets, so... A, a big blow there offensively. P.J. Washington added 12 off the bench for the Hornets. Oubre added 12 himself off of the bench. But all in all, the big stat is that 4 of 36 shooting from three for the Hornets. And again, you got to credit the Hawks defense there for that. On the flip side, Trey Young went buku crazy. Hit more three-pointers himself than the whole team for Charlotte combined. 30-point performance. Added four assists, four rebounds. He shot nine of 20 from the floor, eight of 15 from the three-point line, eight threes, ties a career high, and ties the most for this year for him. Four or five from the free throw line. He played spectacular last night. DeAndre Hunter continues to play great. 34 minutes of play, 20 points, three steals, two rebounds, a block and an assist. He shot six of 11 from the floor, one of four from three. Had nine free throw attempts, so very, really, really aggressive showing from DeAndre Hunter. Seven and nine for the free throw line himself. John Collins was not a focal point of the offensive game plan last night, which was a head scratcher, but they 
get a win. That's all that matters. He had eight points on only five field goal attempts. Made both of his free throw attempts. Added five assists, five rebounds there. So doing a little bit of everything, but that'd be the only head scratcher, in my opinion, from last night's game. Kevin Herter, 11 points on eight field goal attempts. He was four of eight from the floor, 50%, and 50% from three as he went two of four from three-point land. Added two assists, a steal, and a block. Capella was available last night. Seven points, eight rebounds for him. Two steals. He played 26 minutes, so fewer minutes than normal. Gallo added 10 points off the bench. Not efficient from the field, but made two three-pointers. There added seven rebounds and three assists. Okongwu, five points off the bench in 16 minutes. Added seven rebounds, one assist, two blocks, three offensive rebounds. I want to add that. Kevin Knox added four points off the bench. Lou Will added nine. He's been playing a lot better the last few games. DeLon Wright, who's been playing a lot better the last few games and I know people still want him to be a little bit more aggressive on the offensive end, and we talked about that last episode when we had Pat Benson Jr. on the podcast to talk about the Hawks, the state of things right now. So definitely plug that episode. Go back and listen to my conversation with Pat. But continuing to move forward, we had a conversation last episode talking about storylines we were interested in following for this Hawks team as the season continues and concludes at some point and I was really really interested in seeing the development of DeAndre Hunter who I think has been a wonderful wonderful impact on both ends of the floor and if you look at the numbers last night he had the best plus minus out of any player on his Hawks team he just plays winning basketball doing the little things getting in the mid-range shooting threes defending he had five fouls but again you got to give credit where his credit's due he, Capella, Okongwu, when they play, they spearhead that defensive effort. Herter's not shy on the defensive end. Trey Young is definitely willing to get his hands dirty and get a lot of deflections. John Collins is bought in as any team player as you would want. So I like what I'm seeing from the Hawks recently. Just defensive effort, playing team defense, being connected, communicating, and it's leading to opportunities in the offensive end. And again, to hold this Charlotte team under 100 points, it's not going to get a lot of national headlines, but this is a big thing for this Hawks team. This is a team that put up 130-plus both times you played them earlier in the season. And I'm going to fact check, but I know for sure one of the games they scored 130-plus points on the Hawks. And Miles Bridges had a lot to do with that. Miles Bridges was getting any and everything he wanted from this Hawks team and he just loves playing in Atlanta and they're a team that we're going to have to deal with. We're going to have to deal with. And and I've corrected myself. So they scored 105 the first time they played and the Hawks did win that game in November. They played in December where the Hawks did give up 130 here in Atlanta so, like I said, that's a really good offensive team up in the Queen City. When you have a LaMelo Ball, when you have Gordon Hayward, who is healthy, uh, when he's healthy, Terry Rozier, Miles Bridges, that's a really good offensive team. Plumlee is no slouch. He plays hard. We're going to have to see them, and we have one more opportunity to play against them 
later this year, but that was a big win. And like I said, it got overshadowed by the NFL weekend, which rightfully so, the NFL won the sports weekend this past weekend, but the Hawks won, in my opinion, the NBA weekend, just continuing their streak, and they got to continue to battle out of this hole that they have dug themselves in. They are now currently sitting at 21 and 25, good for 12th in the Eastern Conference right now, in the midst of a four-game winning streak, playing much better team basketball, especially on the defensive end, as I stated. The Hawks are now a game and a half behind the 10th spot, which is the last play-in spot. They are two games behind the eight seed in the Eastern Conference. And certainly those are markers that we, we did not expect to focus on. This year, we expected to be better because of the expectations and the success from last year. And again, we talked about that last episode. Again, that was a really good episode. Check out the episode with Pat. But we talked about, I mean, the short and off season, the Olympics, the injuries. Hawks had a lot of things going against them, going into the beginning of this season. And it looked like they didn't get a chance to just truly rest, recuperate, work on their games individually. They just were thrown into the fire with the Olympics or had to rest and rehab and work on their ailments. And now they're a team that is getting healthier and gaining more confidence, which is going to spell trouble for the rest of the league. But we're going to have to continue to chip away at this hole that we have dug ourselves into. Take it a game at a time. And then the next thing you know, depending how things shake up in the Eastern Conference with the Wizards slumping, the Bulls are hurt. Who knows what other teams that are above us right now. Next you know, potentially the Hawks can ascend into a top eight seed or higher if they continue to play with this energy and effort, especially on the defensive end. And looking at the schedule ahead, they have the Kings here in Atlanta Wednesday night. Kings have been slumping. They're two of eight the last 10 games. So nothing's given in the NBA, but certainly a game that we should win. Then we have a tough matchup on Friday night when the Celtics come into town, Tatum coming off a 50-pointer uh, performance, and then a healthy Jalen Brown is back. He was not available for the Celtics the last time they played the Hawks here in Atlanta. And you know Jalen Brown loves coming home to play here in Atlanta, so that will certainly not be a cakewalk on Friday night. Sunday night, we have the Lakers coming into town. It's going to draw a big crowd. A lot of Lakers fans here in Atlanta. Hopefully a lot of Hawks fans pull up too. And the Hawks will look to avenge that earlier season loss here in the month of January on ESPN where they got trounced by the Lakers and Staples. Sorry, Crypto.com Arena. But right now the Lakers have a tough East Coast road trip right now as they were in Florida over the weekend and they split games between Orlando and Miami. They take on the Brooklyn Nets tomorrow night. They got the 76ers Thursday night, who recently, they just came out and said they won't trade Simmons until the offseason, which is news for Hawks fans who are hoping to acquire Ben Simmons' services at some point this year. I'm not really high on that opinion, but I certainly understand the appeal. But the Lakers have to take on a very tough Philadelphia 76ers team, which Embiid has been playing out of his mind the last few games. And that was a... A graphic circled around on Instagram today. Just his last think, 12 games, he's been eight, eight blank expletive. I can't say that on the program, but he's been going playing out of his mind. 
And then they got to play the Charlotte team that we just beat last night on Friday night before coming to Atlanta on Sunday night. So the Lakers have a lot of games and a lot of travel this week on those old legs. And that's something that we should certainly hope to take advantage of Sunday when the Lake Show roll into town. And they're not a great defensive team right now. So we should be able to learn from our mistakes against the Lakers before play better team defense, and capitalize on what they give us on the offensive end. They play the Raptors next Monday here in Atlanta, who've been playing some solid basketball as of late, and they're always going to be a tough matchup as they're a really well-coached team. And if the Hawks can finish strong in January, it will certainly set them up nicely. As I said, they have some tough games coming up in February, leading into the All-Star break. And talk a little bit about that schedule right now. They start off the month of February here in Atlanta playing the defending Western Conference champion, Phoenix Suns, on TNT on a Thursday night. Certainly going to be a tough matchup, but the Hawks did beat the Suns last year here in Atlanta, although I don't think they had all the players available on that Phoenix side in that game. But... Certainly going to be a very fun matchup to watch there to start the month of February off. Next game, it's going to be the second night of a back-to-back. They travel up to Toronto. Toronto does not have any fans as of right now, so crowds should not be a factor. But again, the Raptors are a very tough team. On Sunday, February 6th, on ESPN, they take on Luka Doncic and Dallas Mavericks, who have been playing a lot better ball as of late, haven't been as much Luka chatter. On, you know, the mainstream television broadcast, as you want to say. But certainly, Luke is still a problem. They are playing a lot better ball right now. They will follow that game on Tuesday, February 8th, taking on the Indiana Pacers here at home. And they've been playing a lot better. Follow that game with a home game that Friday, the 11th of February against the Spurs. That Sunday, February 13th, they take on the Celtics on the road for an ABC Sunday afternoon game, which should be a fun one. After that, Tuesday at home, they'll take on the Cleveland Cavaliers on February 15th. And then their last game before the All-Star break will be versus the Orlando Magic on the road on February 16th. Similar to who they played the game before the All-Star break last year. So, Certainly some winnable games in this stretch leading up to the All-Star break. And if they can go two games above 500 in this stretch, it sets them up really nicely for the second half of the season. I think they'll be better than that. But I think at worst, that's what you have to be. Two games above 500 in that stretch. And if I'm going to predict... I'm going to say that they beat the Kings. I think it's going to be tough, but I think they squeak it out against the Celtics, especially if they play really good defense. Uh, DeAndre Hunter is going to have something to say about Jalen Brown and Tatum. They have a lot of bodies that can throw at them. I think Okongu is going to be big in that department as well. The Lakers, I think they may catch them slipping here at home. They're going to certainly play them tough. They're going to want to avenge that loss. I give them the nod there. The Raptors, I give us the nod beating them. So I think they finish out January undefeated. And then I say they drop the Suns game. It's going to be tough. 
I think they dropped the Suns game on the second out of a back-to-back. I'm a that's a toss-up versus Toronto, traveling up to the Great North, and then the Mavericks game. I can see them winning that game on the road. They always play the Mavericks tough. Certainly, they're gonna have something to say about their, you know, game they lost to start the season here in Atlanta for Dallas, but. We'll see there. I think they beat the Pacers. I think they beat the Spurs on the road against the Celtics. I'll put that as a loss. I think they beat Cleveland here at home, and they win against the Magic. And if they end the regular season, I mean, sorry, January at 3-0, and and if I'm going back and counting the record right now, I'm doing math on the spot. So 5-3. and three. If they go 5-3 and three going into All-Star break, that would put their record, I'm sorry, and they go 3-0 and to end January 8-3. and 8-3 is a great record for the next 11 games. That is fantastic. And if, again, guys, I am making myself do math on the fly right now. So 8-3, and three. if they go 8-3, and three, that would put them at 29-28, and 28, one game above 500, Going into the All-Star break. I think that's still with the expectations from the going into this season. Still not what you want. But a game above 500 going to All-Star break from where they were is a win. And that second half of that schedule after the All-Star break is pretty favorable. Not as many back-to-backs as I remember from looking at the schedule. And certainly some favorable matchups there. So... Watch out for this Hawks team. They have a chance to get hot. Like I said, if they can continue to play well, go into the All-Star break with some momentum, get healthier, they may be the scariest team to play in the second half of the season. If they can continue to play like this on the defensive end, share the ball and believe in one another. That's going to be the big thing. The energy, the effort, that fight, especially on the defensive end, the execution there. And executing late in games, which they've been doing a little bit better at as of late. Those are still going to be focuses and things that I'm going to be paying attention to down the stretch. But certainly, they can get hot and they can make a run going into the postseason. Again, we take on the Kings on Wednesday night. We're coming in 18-30, and 12th in the Western Conference. Again, as I said before, 2-8 and eight in the last 10 games and... Right now, they travel up to Boston tomorrow night to take on the Celtics and then travel down to Atlanta the night, well, probably that night, and then the next day they'll take on Atlanta. So they have a back-to-back, and they'll take us on here in Atlanta. So certainly something that we need to look out for, the legs of the Kings in the second half of Wednesday's game. We're going to have to take advantage of that, and I think if we can – execute and play sound defense here in Atlanta. I think that's a game that we can potentially get to a lead, get to a comfortable lead, and then rest some starters before a hard-fought matchup versus the Celtics rolls into town on Friday. And again, the last time the Hawks beat the Kings this year, they were without Trey Young. And this team had a great team win to beat the Kings on the road in Sacramento. And again, this team is much healthier than the last time they played Sacramento a few weeks ago. So it's going to be a fun matchup. I cannot wait to see how they play this next 11 games out. And if they can make that 
eight and three happen. I pray they make it happen because I like being right and it leads to the success for the Hawks team. Who knows? Who knows what the standing looks like going into all-star break and the momentum that we could be developing and we are developing right now here in Atlanta. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars. Give us a great review. Share it and tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. Share it with Hawks fans, NBA basketball fans, Georgia sports fans. Does not matter. Put them on to this show before the Hawks certainly take off. And everybody's like, oh, these are the Hawks we remember from last year. And then they come to me on Hoopball Hawks. And all my day ones can be like, we tried to tell you. We tried to tell you. Always pushing P here on the broadcast. Follow us on Twitter at Ethos Hawks on Twitter. That is at Ethos Hawks. Follow myself on Twitter, Brad Jarrett67. That is Brad J A R R E T T 67. Let's go, Hawks. Let's get another one on Wednesday night.